Thank you for tuning in. Like most large-scale systematic events, March 2020 gave official birth to a new era of work and life, one with new rules, new ways of thinking, and lots of big change. And we're already seeing more innovators and early adopters win in terms of the workplace, marketplace, and recruiting space, while others fall behind. But it's not too late. We just need to begin to think and act differently about the change, much of which is already here and pretty clear. Listen in as we talk about all that's upon us, how new ideas flow, the cycles that enable our growth, and the golden opportunity that awaits us should we choose to take on what's now and what's next in this new era. So without any further delay, let's learn more about how to best lead ourselves, our teams, and our firms forward. Welcome to AEC Leadership Today, the podcast designed exclusively for engineering, architecture, and construction industry leaders who want to stay relevant and effective. The show takes on the most pressing issues facing the AEC industry and was created to help you and your firm grow and prosper in the 21st century. The host of AEC Leadership Today is Pete Atherton, a professional engineer and former AEC principal and owner turned AEC coach and consultant. And now, take a break from your never-ending to-do list and welcome Peter Atherton. I have an episode written and set to go on how to lead positive change, but I've preempted that to bring you this one. And I've done so because I feel that much of the thinking and commentary about change is too generic and doesn't provide the context and the depth necessary to help us to fully understand and take advantage of the magnitude of the moment. So my goal with this newly formed episode is to hopefully help us to think a little differently and to act a bit more urgently and strategically, not just about change in general, but about the specific changes that have already come. As we begin, let me state that this episode fits well as a follow-up to our most recent episodes on critical and strategic thinking, as when we speak about and then work to discern and leverage change, there are many aspects to consider, three of which I'd like to highlight before we dig in. The first is that two seemingly opposing ideas are simultaneously true. One is that change is constant. And two is that there are still some things that don't change, but that at the same time must adapt in order to be relevant and effective in a changing environment. For example, our lives and our environments are in constant change. But at the same time, what we need to thrive as human beings in terms of our need for water, food, shelter, love, purpose, and connection never changes even as we transition into and evolve through our different work and life seasons. Another thing that doesn't change is the fact that we, as individuals, teams, and organizations, need to appropriately and consistently change as our environments change around us in order to stay relevant to those we serve and effective in what we wish to accomplish. Let me say that one more time and in a slightly different way. Although some things in life don't change, 
just about everything else does. And if we want to become or to stay relevant to others and effective in our relationships and our craft, we need to change too. The second big picture aspect of change to consider as we begin is the amount of it. The scope and magnitude of the environmental changes we've experienced in recent years and continue to work through is massive. I outline much of this as part of episode 88, where I laid out what's not changed, what's accelerated or deepened, and what's new or different as related to our work life since I wrote my book, Reversing Burnout, back in 2017. 40 items in all, which I'll make sure I'll add a link to in the show notes. The third big picture aspect of change to consider is that despite all this change, what I call the big C changes, the ones that are in many ways transformational and generational in terms of the workplace, marketplace, and recruiting space that COVID has brought on or accelerated forward, have been set. And we've already seen major shifts emerge that have already fundamentally changed the way we must lead and develop our teams and organizations if we want to sustainably grow and prosper, all of which I've previously broken down and shared back in episode 92, which I'll also link to in the show notes. The fourth and final big picture aspect of change to consider as we begin is that although it takes time for us to critically and strategically think about, process, and work through change, society and the workplace, marketplace, and recruiting space is not waiting on us to figure it out or to effectively act. And in here lies what I call the golden gap, the gap between when something new becomes real and when it is seen, understood, accepted, and acted upon for our benefit. Not taking the time to see, understand, and appropriately accept and act upon real change, on the other hand, is what I call the opportunity trap. And it's in this context that I'd like to share some different thinking and commentary about change and do so through three different lenses. Number one, what it means to lag. Number two, the presence and role of cycles. And number three, the opportunity and the impact of time. So first, let's talk about lag. There's always a lag. And there's either an opportunity, a golden gap, or a cost, an opportunity trap associated with it depending on when or whether we act. To further illustrate lag, I want to introduce or reintroduce you to the theory of diffusion of innovation. The theory of diffusion of innovation was first popularized back in the 1960s and seeks to explain how new ideas and technologies spread throughout a given population or marketplace. And groups, population, or marketplace participants into one of the five following categories. Innovators, early adopters, the early majority, late majority, or laggards. I'll post an illustration of the theory in the show notes, which is expressed in terms of two curves, one being a bell-shaped curve with the percent of participants for each of the adoption categories across the x-axis, and a second curve in the shape of a much elongated S with total percent of population or marketplace adoption along the Y-axis. 
The theory states that in order to advance an idea or technology throughout a given population, there's a progression. First, there are the innovators. Those who are interested and naturally inclined to take on and work with what's new, followed by the early adopters, and then by the early majority, the late majority, and finally the laggards. At some point through the progression from the innovators to the early adopters, the rate of adoption increases to such a level that it reaches critical mass and becomes so widely adopted with the early majority that it begins to self-sustain through the late majority and into the laggards. But without the innovators and early adopters, new ideas and technologies don't ever reach critical mass and don't then spread to the wider populations. Based on this theory, the innovators make up about 2.5% of a given population, the early adopters 13.5%, the early majority 34%, the late majority another 34%, and the laggards 16%. So question, in the context of the new ideas we're facing as an industry related to proactive and effective remote and hybrid work, the use of advanced technology or agile design methods, developing and advancing a bigger firm mission or the principles of ESG, or designing a much more productive and attractive 40-hour work week? Have we as a society reached critical mass in terms of adoption? What about us as an industry or you as a firm? What would be our opportunity if we were to become part of the 2.5% of innovators or the 13.5% of early adopters, what would be the cost if we were forced to react to these changes as a member of the late majority or the laggards? My point with sharing this is for us as leaders, leadership teams, and firms to think about where we are on the curve as it relates to society and the EC workplace, marketplace, and recruiting space specifically. And then to think about where you'd like to be on the curve in relation, ahead, behind, or riding alongside. The fact is, however, that at some point, as the early majority moves from 16% adoption to 50% adoption at the top of the bell curve, we lose our ability to lead and to differentiate in thoughtful and strategically advantageous ways and actually move away from leadership. And despite our title or position, move towards reactive and reflexive management, which is less attractive, less effective, and so much more exhausting. And so my message here, whether we're changing or not, the world around us is. Our actions early, even if just to take inventory and to better understand the changes, gives us a golden opportunity to lead. Our inaction, makes us late to real change, and forces us to only react to the actions of others. So to help us better see and seize the opportunities ahead of us, and to avoid the fate of the late majority and the laggards, let's talk cycles. There's always a cycle to our growth, individually, team-wise, and as an organization. Success is never a straight line. And the fact is, that any success we do have will not last forever. Unless we proactively pivot towards what's new or needed 
in our constantly changing and evolving environments. One of the best and most common models to illustrate this is the sigmoid or the S-curve, which I'll also include an image of in the show notes. The sigmoid or S-curve explains the flow and pattern of all living phenomena. It explains how we physically age, how we transition through different work and life seasons, and is used to explain business product and service cycles. Similar to the theory of diffusion of innovation, the sigmoid curve follows a progression. But in this case, the progression is in the form of four phases and two inflection points related to growth, which includes the learning and development phase, followed by an inflection point towards growth, a rapid growth phase, a point of maturity, a peaking phase, and finally a decline phase. In order to sustain consistent growth and avoid peaking and decline at work and in business and in life, we always need to pivot towards what's coming next before we reach the point of maturity in terms of what was or what is. If we wait until we peak or start to decline before beginning the learning and development process for what's next, we flatten and add time to our overall growth curve and trajectory. I bring this all up so we can ask ourselves some key questions. Where are we on this curve? As related to the newer idea topics I brought up earlier, related to proactive and effective remote and hybrid work, the use of advanced technology or agile design methods, developing and advancing a bigger firm mission or the principles of ESG, or designing a much more productive and attractive 40-hour work week, are we in the learning and development phase or growth mode? Have we matured, peaked, or started to decline doing now with only what's helped us to succeed in the past? And no matter where we are now, are we making the time and developing the skill sets to more critically and strategically think about how to make the most of all this change? Okay, so now we've talked about the flow of new ideas and the cycles needed to create and sustain our growth. Let's now talk time. Because our understanding of time and our timing for taking on new ideas and investing in what's next is the difference between differentiated new growth and opportunity in the golden gap and non-differentiated reactive management thinking and hoping that what we're doing is going to be enough in the opportunity trap. In the context of time, there's something pretty special about the number seven. We can talk about the seven-year cycle and its many biblical references. We can talk about how our bodies are renewed cell-wise every seven to 10 years. And we can even map out most of our work and life seasons in terms of seven-year cycles, should we decide to. I don't want to debate the existence of seven-year cycles, but want to, for the purposes of this episode, assume that there's some truth to them in order to bring some additional clarity and definition to this moment in time. If we think about the massive amount of change brought forth or accelerated by COVID in the context of the seven-year cycle, and we think of March 2020 as the start of that cycle, September 2023 will be the halfway point, traditionally the point where the reality of the cycle is very clear and the winners and the losers are clearly evident. So questions. In relation to the theory of diffusion of innovation, Will 2023 be the year you innovate, become an early adopter, 
or figure out how to join the early majority in the areas needed to drive your success in relation to the sigmoid curve and where you are at this point in time with all those areas needed to drive your success? Have you made it through the learning and development phase and enjoying next level new era growth? Or have you yet to begin? Or yet to make it through that needed first phase? So as we close, there is massive change upon us, so much so that it has given birth to a new era. One, however, that doesn't need to be overwhelming or one we're forced to react to. As leaders, taking the time to see, understand, and appropriately accept and act on these new changes provides us a golden opportunity to differentiate and enjoy more new and sustainable growth and success. And I hope that this episode helps you to realize the magnitude and opportunity of this moment, and then to think and act more urgently and strategically to realize your better present and future starting now. And to this end, please be on the lookout for our next episode designed to help us to take this all one step further with a detailed look at how to lead positive change, no matter where we are now. So until then, please reach out to me with any questions or comments, and please take care and stay safe. Well, that's a wrap. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to and rate this podcast on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to the show from. There are links on my website and in the show notes to do so. And please also share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. It really helps to continue to get us established, and I truly appreciate that. And it also helps to get the word out to others so that together we can collectively grow and positively impact the lives of others, both inside and beyond our organizations. For joining us on today's episode of AEC Leadership Today. If you want to stay relevant and effective and take your growth and prosperity to new levels, it's time to take action. To learn more about how Pete can help take you and your firm to the next level, visit www.actionsprove.com. That's www.actionsprove.com. See you next time on the AEC Leadership Today podcast.